passage we read last Sunday? Anyone? Yes, ma. We read Ezekiel what chapter? 37. Ezekiel 37. Only mommy remembers the passage of last Sunday. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Ezekiel 37, and we read from verse 1 to verse 14. And I'm going to read again. The hand of the Lord was upon me. Ezekiel 37 from verse 1. So we put down verses 1 to 14. I may stop somewhere midway, but verses 1 to 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, thou knowest. Verse 4. Again he said unto me, Professor unto these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus said the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring off flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together unto, I mean, came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them. And the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man. Say to the wind, Thus said the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breath upon this slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. I'll stop there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Last week we started looking at this passage, and the topic we started looking at is what? Principles of restoration. Principles of restoration. And the first thing we looked at, the first principle we looked at is we said God is the one that does what? God is the one that initiates restoration. God initiates restoration. And I know for someone here today, the process of restoration has started. Amen. I know that God has begun that process and he will perfect it in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, I'm going to, I will go to my second principle of restoration. And that is that God seeks a man to work with. God does what? So God initiates restoration. The Bible says, except the Lord builds the house. They labor in vain that build it. But today we want to look at the fact that God seeks a man to work with. In the time of Ezekiel, he sought out a man to use. And he found a worthy man in Ezekiel the prophet. The Bible tells me in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose strength is perfect towards him. That's very important. The eyes of the Lord do what? They go to and fro. So the eyes of the Lord are here today. True or false? 
His eyes are here today. And he will find you worthy in Jesus' name. His eyes are here today. He will find you perfect in Jesus' name. The Bible says, the Lord said unto Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8, Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8, Isaiah said, also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Like a man of God rightly observed, right before his eyes, while he was still alive, Isaiah's job was being advertised. Isaiah was a man of God. He was a pastor. He was a prophet. He was a man that shared the word of God. He started early enough. But there came a day that Isaiah stood before the Lord and the Lord said, Whom shall I send? In other words, Isaiah, are you ready for this assignment or not? Brethren, the second principle of restoration is that God seeks. God looks for a man. And when I say God looks for a man, I also mean God looks for what? A woman. His eyes are running to and fro. He looked at Isaiah. He said, you've done some work, but I have an assignment for you. Whom shall I send? In like manner, brethren, the Lord is asking us that same question today. The Lord is asking, whom shall I send? Who will stand in the gap for the work of God I want to do in Christ's chapel? Who will make himself or herself available for what God wants to do in this church? Because brethren, what God wants to do in this church is not limited to this church. What God wants to do in this church will impact Barry. God, what God wants to do in this church will impact Ontario. What God wants to do in this church will impact Canada. What God wants to do in this church will impact the whole world. But the Lord is asking a question. Whom shall I send? Who will stand for me? Who will go for me? The Lord looks at the church and says, Oh, my sister is there. My brother is there. If only they are faithful in their giving. If they are faithful in what? In their giving. If they are faithful in their giving, then the work I have to be done from this church will be comfortably done. But the more the Lord, the Lord looks, the less what happens? The less he sees. It becomes a mirage. The more he looks, the less he sees. He says, I have put enough people in that church to finance the work in the church and of the church. And there are two different things. The work in the church, the work within. Like someone was pointing out, when we start talking about bringing tithes to the house of the Lord, they say, oh no, we don't want to hear about that. But brethren, this property, we bless the name of the Lord. We have two buildings on this property. 300 Young Street. We bought it. But like you all know, we are paying what? We have a mortgage on it. That mortgage, for us to meet up with those uh, 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 obligations, depends on you and I. And the Lord is saying, can I count on you? Can you ask your neighbor, can God count on you? Don't be afraid. Ask your neighbor, say, can God count on you? It's very important. When we say bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, you are not bringing it to pastor. Brethren, this is not my church. True or false? If for any reason I leave this church today, this church will thrive. I, I know that. It is not my church. It is our church. 
And God is depending on you. Tell somebody God is depending on you. While you are still here, God is asking, whom shall I send? In other words, are you faithful? Are you faithful in that area? When you go through the scriptures, the Lord spoke to Ezekiel on the tragedy of not finding a man. I just use the area of finance as an example. How many of us here for a second even prayed for this church during the week? Most of us probably did not. We, we have a prayer chain. We already announced it. I mean, we have a, uh, yeah, a prayer chain. Six to seven every day. By God's special grace, we meet online to pray six to seven. How often? Every day. Sunday to Sunday. And we make the announcement every Sunday. Please ask your neighbor. Ask your neighbor. When was the last time you called into the prayer line? Somebody is afraid. I know you did not, but ask your neighbor. I, I know that you have not, but ask your neighbor. Even those who have visited us, say, when was the last time? God will help us this morning. Yeah. Ask your neighbor. Okay, me, I'm asking my friend. See that my friend there is what I'm asking. When was the last time you called into the prayer line? You see what I'm saying? God is asking us, who shall I send? Who will go for me? Who will I find faithful to stand in the gap and pray for the great and mighty work I have prepared for this church? And that's another aspect. Who will stand up and say, God, use me. What do you want to be done? We come to the church. The church is very clean. Is that not, isn't the church clean? Isn't it just beautiful for the church? You only need to come to where we were using when we were in the comfort inn. We can't shout. We can't, that was when, we, when the church started. We had vigils and they came and were knocking on the door so many times. We are disturbing their guests. You can come in here. As soon as you come in, begin to shout hallelujah till you go out. Nobody will tell you to stop. Will anyone tell you to stop? Will somebody shout hallelujah? Hallelujah! You, you need to shout so that the host of heaven will know there are people here. Shout hallelujah! The Lord will hear you in Jesus' name. Whom shall I send? The Bible says the harvest indeed is what? It's plentiful. But the laborers are few. The laborers are few because you and I are not ready. How, tell somebody, how can you be here? Some people are afraid in church this morning. Tell your neighbor, how can you be here? And there are no laborers. It's a very good question. Whom shall I send? Who will go for me? In Ezekiel 22, verse 30, the Lord said, I sought for a man. I sought for what? Just one man. I sought for a woman. I sought for a brother. I sought for a sister to stand in the gap for them. How many did he find? No. And I want to ask you this morning, if God were to come into the church today, he's seeking for a man, how many will he find? You don't need to tell me. How many will he find? We're having a discussion this morning. Many of us are more committed to our job than we are to our God. Then we'll come up and say, oh, you can serve God anywhere. 
You are a member of this church. Your being a member of this church is a responsibility. Is what? It's a responsibility. You are a chorister. You won't come for choir practice except when it comes to pick you up. But if you are going to work, you can take the bus. Amen? Amen. Whom shall I send? Right before your eyes, God is advertising your position. You are an usher. It's time for us to clean the church. Except we come and pick you up, you will not do what? You will come to church. But if it's time to go to work, you will do everything to do what? Because pastor will not pay you a salary. <laughs> but pastor's father determines if you have a job or not. True or false? True. Fortunately for us all, pastor's father is not only pastor's father. He's whose father? He's the same father for all of us. Who shall I send? Who will? He found none in the time of Ezekiel. And he said, because I found none. I destroyed them. Nobody will stand in the gap. Will you stand in the gap today? Can you ask your neighbor, will you stand in the gap today? That's the call of God. The second principle of restoration is God is looking for who? A man. He's looking for a man. He found Ezekiel worthy to use. Will he find you worthy to use? That's very important. Very important. It's a very, very important job. He called Ezekiel. And he told him, I will use you, but you must be faithful. In Ezekiel chapter 3, from verse 17 to verse 21. Ezekiel 3, 17 to 21. God was speaking to Ezekiel. And he said, I've made you a watchman unto the house of Ezekiel. I mean, the house of Israel. Hear the word of my mouth. Give them warning from me. And then he began to say, when I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die. And you do not want him, nor speak that warning unto him. And the wicked dies in his iniquity. Who will bear the, the, the iniquity? It's the man that God has sent. In like manner, if you want him, and you tell him this is what the Lord is saying, and the wicked repents, then you have saved yourself. Brethren, you can apply the same message to every responsibility. To what? Every responsibility. Every res visible and invisible. Every one of them. If I call you and I say, go and clean my church, and you refuse to clean my church, and then come to church and the church is dirty, who will be found liable? You. You are the one I called. You are the one I gave the assignment. Whatever excuses you are given, like our general Vasya said, he said only failures. Do what? Give excuses. The only time you fail is when, I mean, you, are, you give excuses is when you have failed. Is that not so? If you have succeeded, you won't give excuses. But when you fail, you keep asking, you will not fail in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you will not fail in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray for someone here today. God will find you faithful. Amen. God will find you usable. Amen. Do you know some people are not usable? I, I shared that uh, story that we were told some time ago here with us. A rich man went and bought equipment and everything that, I mean, state of the art. The most recent, he bought, he bought them and he brought them to the church. In fact, it's very likely that the cost of those equipment is more than the cost of the building itself that the church was on. Because the church then was built, you know the way they build our churches when we start meeting in Nigeria. You have zinc and all that stuff. And he brought them to church, expecting that. And of course, when the pastor saw those things, he was what? Excited. 
He was excited. God has heard our prayers. God has done it. And God spoke to the pastor. I said, don't accept those things. The man did not believe it. The pastor himself was a little bit reluctant, but he knew the voice of God. He said, sir, I'm very sorry, but I know the voice of my father. The Lord is saying unto me, do what? So, sir, we cannot accept this equipment you have brought. He said, the man went to a pillar in the church and began to hit his head against the pillar and said, even God has rejected me. God will not reject you. Yeah. I said, God will not reject you. Yeah. God will find you usable for his cause in Jesus' name. Yeah. But the second principle of restoration is God looks for a man. And the third principle, I'm sure we all know it very well. God provides instruction for what? For restoration. If there will be restoration, there will be instruction. And part of the instruction God is giving us today is we need to sit up. Tell somebody sit up. Sit up. We need to sit up. In the passage that we have read, there are three stages. What I call three stages of that restoration. Every one of them revolved around the instruction that Ezekiel received. The first is what I call the vision stage. The what? The vision, the vision stage. Because Ezekiel's faith was tested. God came to Ezekiel and said, can these bones live? In other words, God is asking you today, what do you see? Do you see dry bones or do you see a living army? Can you ask somebody, what do you see? Because if what you see is dead, make sure by the time you live here today, you see what? Life. You see life. Because life is your portion. Amen. I said life is your portion. Amen. I said life is your portion. Amen. What do you see? The Lord asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel knew that humanly speaking, these bones cannot live. But he calling you that we serve a God who can transform. Who can do what? He transforms. He transforms death to life. Yes. He changes dry bones to a living army. Amen. In John chapter 11 verse 40, Jesus said unto Mary, he said, did I not say unto you, if thou would believe, thou should see the glory of God? John 11 verse 40. How many believe here today? Yes. You will see the glory of God. Amen. I said you will see the glory of God. Amen. In Habakkuk chapter 3, 2 verse 3, he says the vision is for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak. Yes. Somebody's vision is about to speak. Amen. I said your vision is about to speak. Amen. He said it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, do what? Wait. But you know what I have for someone here today? Your waiting is over. Amen. Your time of waiting is over. Amen. That vision will speak today. Amen. And you will run with it. Amen. I said you will run with it. Amen. And we shall rejoice with you in Jesus' name. Amen. In the vision state of restoration, you have to see what will be. You have got to take your eyes off the reality around you. And begin to see what God is telling you. That's very important. The Bible says Abraham believed God. In Genesis chapter 15. From verse 5 to verse 6. 
Abraham believed God. He brought him forth abroad. He said, look towards heaven. Tell the stars. If you are able to number them, so shall thy seed be. And he was talking to a man that was old, whose wife was old, who had no child. That is our God. So what God is asking you to do today is what he has asked others to do before. The Bible says Abraham believed God. And he counted it to him for what? Righteousness. I have a, a word for someone's faith here today. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 11 to verse 12 is a message for somebody this, in the house this morning. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 11 to verse 12. Jeremiah 1 11 to 12. He said, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? See, and I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen. Tell everybody, Thou hast well seen. He said, For I will hasten my word to do what? Your season of performance has come. I said, Your season of performance has come. The, the hymn we sang this morning, I know many of us don't know it, but we're going to sing it many times, and we will know it. It says, sweet is thy promise. I will not forget thee. Nothing can molest or take away from me that which is your promise. The chorus of that song is, the, is God now talking back. Say, I will not forget thee or leave thee. In my hands, I will hold thee. In my arms, I will fold you. He said, I am your redeemer. Hallelujah. That is God talking to someone here today. Amen. I know what, brethren? God is already talking to us concerning next year. So that song, that hymn, we're going to sing it, we're going to know it. God is already telling us that I have promises for you. Amen. Oh, this coming year is a year of wonderful promises. Amen. And it shall come to pass in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, I come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. So there is the vision stage. Brethren, make sure that when you are leaving this church today, you are living with a new vision. Amen. Maybe you came in with struggles. You came in with troubles. You came in with, I mean, brethren, there is no human being that has no problem. Or maybe there, are, there are a few of them. Where are they? Where are they? They are either in the mortuary or in the grave. Those are the human beings that have no problems. And at times when we want to sit down and do what I call a problem competition, <laughs> then you will realize that what you call problem is what? It's nothing. In fact, you will begin to thank God. Say, ah, God, I thank you. I thank you. They said somebody was uh, crying that he didn't have a cap. And then he saw somebody who didn't have a head. And if you don't have a cap, you can still talk, right? Somebody who has no head is dead. Someone was crying, he didn't have shoes. And then he saw somebody who didn't have what? Legs. Whatever you think is the problem, somebody has a greater problem. I can assure you that. So don't magnify problems. Tell somebody, don't do what? Don't magnify problems. Magnify God. You know that song we sing? Magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord, the Lord is able. Oh, magnify the Lord. The Lord is able. 
Magnify the Lord, the Lord is able. Magnify the Lord, the Lord is faithful. Magnify the Lord, the Lord is good. He, he said, I am the Lord. I do what? I change it not. Do you realize he has not changed? Do you realize he's still God? He's the same when? Yesterday, today, and forevermore. The restoration he has started, he will complete. He's the one that has given you the vision. God is not happy that you die with your vision unfulfilled. And I speak to somebody that I tell you, you will fulfill destiny. You will fulfill that vision. So we have the vision stage. From the vision stage, we have what I call the alignment stage. The what? I love verse, is it verse 7 of that passage? Of that Ezekiel 37, verse 7. Verse 7. That is alignment. He said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Tell somebody a noise. A noise. And then behold, a shaking. Tell somebody a shaking. a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. The Bible says, weeping may endure. For how long? For how long? For how long? There was a noise. There was a shaking. The noise and the shaking. What were they doing? They were bringing the bones together. But do you know that when that noise came, somebody could run. Say, ah, there's noise over there. No, something, something bad is happening. You see, the darkest hour of the night is when morning is about to dawn. The noise, the shaking, is just bringing about your dawn. You are getting to the alignment state. God is bringing things together. At that stage, brethren, hope comes alive. The psalmist said in Psalm 16, verse 6, Psalm 16, verse 6, he said, the lies are falling unto me. In what? In pleasant places. Yeah! I have what? A goodly head. Who is the Lord talking about there? The lines are falling onto me in what? The noise and the shaking are only bringing the bones together. They're bringing the bones together. What help do you need? Help is available for you. I say help is available for you. I say help is available for you. The third point I want to make here is what I call the point of actualization. So, as Ezekiel began to prophesy, there was the vision stage, there was the alignment stage, and there's what I call the actualization stage. That is what I can call full restoration. What type of restoration? Full restoration. You know, you might be... Uh, Seeing a glimpse of what God wants to do now. But God is not yet true with you. In fact, God is just, be, he's just about to start. But you need to be faithful. Ezekiel prophesied. There were sinews and flesh on the bones after they came together. But they were still dead. There was a need for the life of the living God to transform those bones. 
And then he prophesied. Breath came into them. Where there was dead silence, now there is a great army. You know there's a difference. Where you have dry bones, except somebody jumps on the bones, you can hear maybe bones knocking on each other. But now there was an army. When they begin to march and they take one step, bam, the valley will what? The valley will shake. It was dead silent before. Now there was transformation. Where there was complete impotence, the flow of blood gives action to inactivity. Where there was failure due to incompetence, there is success because of grace. In other words, you might have failed because of errors that were caused by you. I want to tell somebody here today, there's grace for you. I said there's grace for you. It doesn't matter. So long as you are willing, you are prepared, you are ready that God, this is my season of restoration, you have to do this work with me. There's grace for you. Every stage in the process of restoration it's as a result of prophecy. And so I prophesied to somebody's life here today. I said, God will not replace you. Amen. Somebody does not believe that. I said, God will not replace you. Amen. God will find you faithful in his vineyard. Amen. Your bones will find you out. Amen. Maybe you are here, you are looking for a life partner. Your bones will find you out. Amen. Maybe you are here, you are looking for a child. Your bones will find you out. Amen. Your helpers of destiny will locate you. Amen. I say your helpers of destiny will locate you. Amen. From the four corners of the earth, help will arise for you. Amen. Ezekiel prophesied to the winds. The winds came in and the army stood erect. I said from the four corners of the earth, help will arise for you. Amen. Every vision God has given unto you, I command those you to come alive in Jesus' name. Amen. Every vision that you have got to the point of saying, this one cannot happen again. I'm telling someone here today, it will still come to pass. Amen. I said it will still come to pass. Amen. Moses knew that the call of God was upon his life at a very early age in life. At the age of 40, he wanted to do it his own way. But God said, no, it must be done my own way. So Moses became a fugitive. But at the age of 80, the vision came to pass. At the age of 80, Moses began his pros- the purpose for which he came to the world. I don't see anyone here that is too old. Unless you decide by yourself that you are too old. I read about a man, they said, an American millionaire, that they said he started his business at the age of 70. At the age of 70. And he was a millionaire before he died. And they were not talking about him because he was dead. Is somebody with me this, this morning or this afternoon? Tell someone you can make it. Tell your neighbor you can make it. Now tell your neighbor, I will make it. it. 
I speak to those missions that God has given unto you. I say, come alive in Jesus' name. Yeah. I speak to somebody's destiny here today. I say, receive grace to overcome limitations. Yeah. Whatever be the source of those limitations, receive grace to overcome limitations. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Every spirit of fear, I come against you and I uproot you in Jesus' name. Yeah. Every root of incompetence, dry up in the name of Jesus. Amen. Where you have been ignored, you will be celebrated. Amen. I say, where you have been ignored, you will be celebrated. Amen. I say, where you have been ignored, you will be celebrated. Amen. I prophesy to somebody's life here today, it will be impossible to ignore you. Amen. From this day onwards, it will be impossible to ignore you. Amen. I say it once again. From this day onwards, it will be impossible to ignore you. Amen. 